0: Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do rejoice gathered today on this Easter Sunday that he is risen, that on the third day you rose Jesus from the dead, and in doing so, secured our forgiveness. You secured victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And Father, we rejoice today that we can come together and sing Alleluia this Easter morning. In Jesus' name, and for his sake we pray, amen. And Amen. Alleluia is the word that you just heard us sing. Depending on your tradition, you may know that in, when you celebrate Lent, the 40 days that come before Easter, you actually don't say Alleluia. And so to come together on Easter Sunday morning is a time when we say Alleluia. Now when I say it here, it's in a room with 3,750 seats and it Actually, actually echoes around the room because this room is empty hallelujah to the empty room. But that makes us sad, and in a sense it should. This is a difficult and a challenging time. We're going to talk about how he has risen in the midst of pandemics. We have Jesus and eternity, but we still say hallelujah, but in an empty room that makes us sad. But why can we say hallelujah? Because there's an empty tomb that causes us to praise his name. So yeah, an empty room makes us sad. An empty tomb gives us that joy, that peace that passes all understanding and more. My name's Ed Stetzer, interim teaching pastor here, and I want to talk today about how the resurrection causes Christians to look up, to look in, and to look out, and we'll walk through these things together. We're going to talk about the truth of the resurrection. The truth of the resurrection is going to be our focus, and we're going to begin with the idea that the truth of the resurrection encourages us to praise Jesus. The truth of the resurrection encourages us to praise Jesus. By now you've heard several occasions somebody has said, he is risen. You may notice the tense. The tense seems incorrect. It's archaic English. It's, it's a construct, a tense called present perfect. And it's not something that we use today. We tend to say he has risen. But when we speak about God the Son, born Jesus the Christ, who lived a sinless life, then died on the cross for our sin and in our place, and then God raised him from the dead on the third day, it's not just that he has risen or he was risen, it's that he is risen and still today dwells in the hearts of men and women who call upon his name. He is risen. We're actually going to walk through a passage here. We're going to walk through a passage in the book of Luke. It's found in Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to kind of walk us through the totality of the passage and It tells that story of which we are familiar and of which we speak about today. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse one. It says this, but on the first day of the week at early dawn. So we know this is before even sun up, right? At early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary, Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed an idle tale to them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stopped stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, And he went home marveling at what had happened. So what had happened here is significant because there's a lot of things that are obviously going on. One of the things we're going to see is the resurrection causes Christians to look up, to look in, and to look out. But let's take a look at the story just a bit more. It's the first day of the week that the resurrection occurs. One of the reasons we worship on Sundays. And they went. The they in this sentence was some women went to the tomb. And they went and they came back. First they were perplexed. And then they saw these two men standing there with dazzling apparel. Maybe today at home, when you're worshiping with us on Easter Sunday morning, you don't have on your Easter best today. Your dazzling apparel maybe be your pajamas, and we don't judge you at all from where we sit here. But the reality is, is that on that first Easter morning, these men, these elsewhere called angels, these messengers were in dazzling apparel. They were perplexed. They... They they were unsure what happened. Even though they thought Jesus would have died and then would rise, they were still unsure what had happened. Now the angels, the men in dazzling apparel, they didn't scold their perplexity, but encouraged them with the truth that Christ was risen. And the truth of the resurrection, we will see, encourages us to praise Jesus. So they went back to tell the disciples and the disciples themselves were perplexed. It's worth noting that as they went back to the disciples, it wasn't just one woman who saw this. It was more than one woman who went, and they went to th- take these spices to prepare the body for long-term burial. When they came back, the disciples didn't necessarily believe what they had to say. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told the apostles, he says. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. I hesitate to tell you this, because I know people will be watching all around the world, but 2,000 years ago, the testimony of a woman wasn't considered, well, to be trusted or to be considered valid. And so the disciples may be responding like people of their day. They thought, this is just an idle tale. They did not believe them. I don't want you to miss this, because I don't just tell you that to point out 2,000 years ago, the way people thought about testimony. I tell you this, that on his resurrection, God directed women to be the eyewitnesses who first saw the tomb was empty, first told the disciples it was empty. Now, I don't want you to miss this because this empty tomb is the center of our faith. Because if that tomb was not empty, if, if that body was still there, everything I believe, everything that you've heard this day, everything that every Christian has ever told you has been in vain, a falsehood and ultimately a lie that rips at the heart of every Christian in the world. So they went to tell the disciples. The disciples were unsure. They didn't know how to respond to this moment. But if it was true, it certainly would change everything. So so what happens is, is that Peter, he then rushes to the tomb. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. His response was not like maybe the others who didn't believe the women eyewitnesses that God chose and used, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw linen cloths by themselves, and he went home, marveling at what happened. Marveling. We don't use the word marvel too much today, except in reference to comics. But marveling is this wondering, this this amazing understanding, this new realization. Peter marveled at the fact that the tomb was empty. He began to do what he would spend the rest of his life doing. He began to look up and to give the rightful praise to Jesus, who has now had a victory over sin and death and the grave. Sin, death, and the grave defeated. Peter marveled, and soon Peter praised Because for us, even 2,000 years later, if that tomb was empty, it changes everything. It's why Christians are gathered all around the world, probably in their homes. Maybe not with the feet and faces that we'd prefer, but with the electrons and avatars that get us through. Empty churches celebrating an empty tomb as we gather together virtually on this day. But we do so. Our churches are not just empty, but the world is suffering. The world is in a, the grips of a great pandemic. And in the midst of that great pandemic, actually, the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, one of the many models that people are following, but certainly one of the most prominent, predicts a national peak in the number of deaths of COVID-19 on April 12th, today. So in other words, in the U.S., we're experiencing today what will be peak death, the model tells us. Now I don't want you to miss this because when we speak of peak death, we speak about the ravages of a broken and hurting world. But on that morning, we celebrate peak life that God the Son has been raised from the dead and that changes everything. It changes our view of life. It changes our view of death. It causes us to look up in the midst of our pain and distress and our loss to look up to the God who saves us, who sent Jesus, who changed everything. See, let me tell you something, on Easter, peak life defeated peak death 2,000 years ago when a tomb was empty, my life and yours were saved forever, and today could be your day of new life in Christ. Peak life, Jesus raised from the dead. The question is, will you look up, as Peter marveled and soon praised, as the women who led the way and reminded the man that told them of this miracle that had occurred, ultimately they all would worship rightfully King Jesus. The resurrection causes Christians to look up, to look in and to look out. But Luke 24 is actually the beginning of a longer story. Let me give you a hint of where it's coming. In Luke 24, 24 in verse 13, here's what it says. It says, that very day, two of them were going to a village. We're going to follow these two. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Something significant is about to happen. Now, let me tell you about this chapter of Luke. Luke chapter 24 is a very long chapter. And I could walk through and kind of explain to you with some level of detail all that they were doing. They were walking down this road to Emmaus, and they were talking about what they saw. And then it says, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. All of a sudden, they're just walking down the road, someone they don't recognize, right? It says in verse 16, you can look at your Bible if you'd like. It's not on the screen. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So they're just walking down a road to a place called Emmaus, and Jesus, whom they don't recognize, starts speaking to them. says, what are you talking about? It says in verse 17, and they stood still looking sad. And then one of them said, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem and doesn't know these things? Like everybody knows what happened. There was... This Palm Sunday, they wouldn't call it then at that time, when people worshipped and cheered, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We celebrated that last week. And then there's this crucifixion, and now there's news of this resurrection. And it goes on and explains, explains all of these things. It says in verse 22, moreover, some women of our company amazed us, amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and they didn't find his body. They came back and said they saw a vision of angels who said he was alive. And it goes on and on until Jesus then reveals himself. And let's take a look at what happens as we look to number two in our outline today. Remember, number one, the truth of the resurrection, right? It creates, it causes us to praise Jesus. Number two, though. Number one, encourage us to praise Jesus. Number two, it creates burning hearts. The truth of the resurrection creates burning hearts. I don't want you to miss this, right? Because here we just go to the passage, Luke chapter 24, following here. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 22, says this. Excuse me, 32. They said to each other, now they had just heard Jesus, right? So it says Jesus explained to them, explained Moses and all the prophets, interpreted to them the scriptures, So they draw new to the village. They didn't recognize him. He ate at the table. And then it says, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So later they said to one another, did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road? While he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour, returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11, those would be the disciples, the apostles, and those who were with them gathered them together and said, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. So what's going on here? Well, Jesus told the truth that he would indeed be raised on the third day. Friday being day one, Saturday day two, Sunday day three. He was raised from the dead. He was back on the third day. But they felt this burning in their hearts, right? They felt this, this emptiness that they could not perhaps explain. And then eventually they say, the Lord has risen indeed. This is where, by the way, we get the back and forth response where I say he has risen. And on a normal Easter Sunday, thousands of you would say back, he is risen indeed. That's what they said. He has risen indeed. Now there's just a handful of us here. We're following all the CDC guidelines as well. But They're going to help me out for just a moment, and you're going to join in at home, too. I want to say, he is risen, and I'd like you to say back, even if you're alone or there with your family, to say back, he is risen indeed. And for the nine others of you, because we wouldn't want to have more than ten, for the nine others of you volunteering or on staff today, I want you to loudly join with all the people, thousands of people at home. Are you ready? Here we go. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And indeed, he has risen. And knowing that creates a sense of, well, a burning in their hearts. They actually said they had this tension, this struggle. And let me just tell you, maybe that's where you are today. Maybe a friend invited you to be here today. fact, let me tell you, if you want to invite somebody but you haven't yet, there's a way you can do that literally right now. If you click like or thumbs up on YouTube or like on Facebook and share on either of those platforms... You can actually share this message and this whole service with your friends and your neighbors and all people connected with you on those platforms. So take a moment right now to like and to share so people can hear about the message that we're sharing. But they were experiencing this inner turmoil, and that's what Samantha talked about just a few minutes ago in that video, some inner turmoil that she was experiencing and because there was something missing in her life. And these disciples on the road to Emmaus, there was something missing in their lives, and they yearned for it. Something was not there that needed to be there. And when they realized that Jesus is risen... He is risen indeed. That meant that sin and death has no power. And if they have no power, we can rest in faith and trust in the God who has us in the palm of his hands. See, it starts with this idea that Christians, the resurrection causes Christians to look up to praise Jesus, to look in where it creates burning hearts, to look out where ultimately we'll see the witness in just a moment. Because let me explain. What those disciples on the road to Emmaus may not have fully yet known is that Jesus, now raised from the dead on the third day, explained the scriptures to them, and don't miss this, everything that they knew from before, all the scriptures they knew from before, and all the understanding they knew and understood of who God is and was, now is fulfilled in Christ. Now, I don't want you to miss this. This means, again, that sin and death have no power. Say, Ed, how do I face this pandemic we find ourselves in, this COVID-19 that certainly has made 2020 the longest and most painful year for so many? Here's where and how. Because we have a great confidence that if we are in Christ and he dwells in us, that we are therefore held securely in the palm of his hands. And if I get sick, then I'm still in the palm of his hand. If I get sick and die, then I'm still in the palm of his hand. If someone I love struggles in the midst of this or my financial situation is upended, I'm still in the palm of his hand. One of my favorite illustrations I love to share is I have, uh, I have three daughters, um, which can I just tell you during a time of uh, isolation, they have so many words, but that's another story for another day. Today's my middle child's 18th birthday. This day is our 18th birthday. So we have got a great celebration today. We are going to celebrate alone at home with nobody else, just like we've celebrated every day for the last several weeks. But you know, when they were little, she's 18 now, and one's 21, one's 15. But when they were little, they used to jump off this uh, slide that we had, the slide had probably what was not a particularly safe construction, but this one side of it where they could sort of jump off and they wouldn't normally jump off, you'd look and say this is too far. But I started it and I said, come here, jump into my arms and they would jump into my arms It's say, daddy and and I got them I'd catch them well they grew in their confidence in their father's ability to catch them even as they grew in size and even if I was walking by the swing set if I was within five feet they would launch and propel themselves with sure confidence that no matter what happened I've got them now here's the reality in which we live an earthly father I don't think I ever missed but there were some times it was pretty close but with the Heavenly Father, there's never a time when he does not have us securely and surely in his hands. And that's what they longed for, right? That's what they needed. That's what, why their hearts burned, is they knew that Christ had been risen. And if that was the case, soon he would ascend to his Father, he would send his Holy Spirit, and each follower of Jesus would have indwelt in her or him the very presence of the Holy Spirit of God himself. And at that moment, we could say our hearts burned before when we didn't know. Now that we know, we find our hearts at rest and at peace, a peace that passes all understanding. Because in the midst of the most difficult time, we can look upward to give praise to Jesus, look inward to know He dwells in our heart. And when you know that, you know He's got this. He's got you, He's got this situation. You can rely and trust on Him. I know you feel anxious. I do too at times, and I know it can be a scary time. But in the midst of all this, we can have a shockingly, surprisingly peace, peaceful heart. That burning heart goes to a peaceful heart. Why? In The Long Obedience in the Same Direction, book Eugene Peterson, he writes this, The main difference between Christians and others is that we take God seriously and they do not. He's speaking generically about people who maybe have a general idea of God. It says this, um, we really do believe that he is the central reality of all existence. We really do pay attention to what he is and what he does. We really do order our lives in response to that reality and not to some other. Paying attention to God involves a realization that he works, he's working. He's working in us. Now, I know it may seem strange to you. Maybe you like said a friend invited you, maybe you saw Moody Church mentioned in one of the stories about streaming services this weekend. What I want to say to you is if you don't yet know Christ, I can tell you with great certainty that he is risen indeed. He's risen indeed. And if we know that he is risen indeed, not just that he is risen, but that second to double affirmation, he is risen indeed, that changes really everything. Now, I want to encourage you not just to casually walk by the truth that changes the totality of the universe, Maybe you've noticed some Christians wear a cross around their neck, and you might think, well, that's a nice fashion statement. Can I just tell you it didn't start like that? Matter of fact, when you think about the origin of the cross, to wear it around the neck as a fashion statement is an odd thing indeed. Maybe it's a witnessing statement. Maybe it's a testifying statement. But a cross is a symbol of death. It's a symbol of Roman persecution. And yet we called this day, Friday, just before this Easter Sunday, we called it Good Friday. And it's Good Friday because on that day, Jesus died on the cross for your sin and in your place. So now, hopefully not as simply a fashion statement, but as a statement of the truth of our lives, he is risen indeed. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. You say, well, why don't you wear a tomb if that's the centrality? It's hard to wear a tomb on any piece of jewelry. But I will tell you this, that cross is empty because the tomb is empty and Jesus, he is risen he lives today. You ask me how I know he lives, the song goes, he lives within my heart. So Christians, the resurrection causes Christians to look up, to look in, and to look out. Now, I want to talk about, does he dwell inside of you right now? You say, how do I know? Well, partly you might, even during this message, your heart might be burning saying, I need something else, I need something more. There's something missing. There's something broken. And I want to say to you, we all feel that reality without Christ. Let me share some quotes that may help you to consider this. One is by Blaise Pascal. It says, What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim? But there was once in a man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is an empty, is an empty print and trace, that he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are though none can help since this infinite abyss can be filled with only can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object in other words with god himself maybe you've heard somebody say that each of us has a god-shaped hole in us and we do and until we come to the place that we acknowledge that vacant place that god intends and designs to fill that with his presence, made possible through Jesus' death and resurrection, made possible through the ascension to heaven of Jesus and the sending of the Holy Spirit. When we know that, we will think like Augustine of Hippo talked about. Augustine said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Or C.S. Lewis, who puts it this way, I find in myself A desire which no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And you are and you were. And he is risen so that you might be forgiven of your sin and have life everlasting that goes beyond this world. The writer of Ecclesiastes put it this way in Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, God has put eternity into man's heart. Men and women, you all have eternity stamped in your heart, and that burning sometimes that we have and uncertainty in the midst of the trials and tumult and tribulation is ultimately that which is only filled by God, made possible that he might dwell in his heart because Jesus died on the cross for your sin and in your place. So if you look and all you see, if you look out and all you see is the pandemic, it's pretty frightening, and I get that. If you look in and all you see is your own strength to somehow get through this, I get why that would be a time of fear and anxiety. But if you look in and you see Jesus on the throne of your life, he's bigger than sickness, he's defeated death, he's got this, he's got you. And knowing that changes everything. Easter is not some day on a calendar when we gather together in church and maybe eat too much chocolate. Easter is the central event of all of the universe. Which leads to number three on our outline. The truth of the resurrection encourages us to praise Jesus, look up, creates burning hearts to look in, and compels us to tell others that's to look out, to look out. You see, you are witnesses, that goes on to say, right? You are witnesses. That's you. That's me. If you're a follower of Jesus, You're a witness. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I'm sharing a witness to you. If you are a follower of Jesus, this day and every day is your day to share the good news of the gospel. Matter of fact, look at Luke 24 because it continues after this. It says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you. He said, While I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. All the Old Testament pointing to Christ. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. That's a beautiful thing that we all need today. God to say, open our minds and prompt us in the right direction. And said, thus it is written, that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. You are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses. And behold, I'm sending you the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Don't you miss this because the story of redemption is right here laid out before us, right? The story of redemption, how he redeemed us is in Luke 24, verse 44. Let's take a look at it closely. These are, these are my words while I was with you, and that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He literally says, everything is fulfilled. This is the most important thing of any time and of any place. Literally, we measure time. Every time you say it's 2020, you point back to the fact that Jesus split time. The time before him is called BC before Christ. The time after his birth is called uh, the year of our Lord AD. So this reality, Jesus is not pulling back on. He said, listen, everything written, And the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, a tripartite description that would describe all of the scriptures, remind us again and again and again that the resurrection causes Christians to look up, look in, and to look out. Luke 24, 45 puts it this way. It says, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Maybe that's literally what's happening to you right now. Maybe that burning in your heart is a sense that, hey, God really is real. Easter really does change everything. And here's the point of it all. It's Luke 24, beginning at verse 45, says this. It says, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and then the Christ should suffer and rise from the dead. And on the third day, rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness, that's what I'm calling you to today. Repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Let me make sure that if you're listening along and follow along with me, that you don't miss that I'm talking to you as a follower of Jesus today, that Easter is your day to share Christ. You say, Ed, I didn't invite anyone to today's service. That's okay. I wanna ask you to do something else. This is actually a picture of my Facebook update page, right? This is what it looks like right now. I've updated my, my picture, my avatar with my mask now because we're all wearing masks. But you know, you could take just a moment and you could, right after this service today, you could click that button that says live right there. And you could share your testimony and everyone on your Facebook feed has the opportunity to hear the good news of the gospel from you. See, that gospel goes out. The resurrection causes Christians to respond to that. And that gospel is communicated because the resurrection causes Christians to look up, to look in, to look out. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to talk to you for one final moment. John 3.16 is a passage that every Christian would hope that this moment you hear and It burns in your heart. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. As a follower of Jesus, you know this message, and I pray that you'll join me in sharing that using Facebook Live or whatever means or posting your testimony. Let's fill the Internet with the Easter testimony of Christians. We saw Samantha's. Let's share all of ours today. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want to say to you, God loves you. His desire and design is, is that you might receive him by grace and through faith. He sent Jesus to die on the cross. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin and in our place so that you might call out to him and receive him by grace and through faith. And I want to invite you to do that today. And not just to do that, but to share that with us as well. I've told you to like and to share on your Facebook or your YouTube. You can also put a comment in there and one of our staff or volunteers would reach out and be in touch with you. Say, I'd like to know more. Maybe I'm trusting Christ, but I don't want you to leave this moment, this meeting via electronic delivery without responding to what may be burning in your heart. You see, the resurrection causes Christians to look up in praise to Jesus, to look in so that they see Him dwelling on the throne of their lives and to look out to tell others. But maybe when you look in, you still see that God-shaped hole And i want to invite you i want to urge you to ask christ to come into your life and into your heart and to fill that void just like with samantha just like with those on the road to emmaus just like the women who witnessed the resurrection just like the disciples whose lives were changed just like me and just like all the people that care about you who have shared the gospel with you if that's where you are today i want to invite you just to pray with me and to make if this is the prayer of your heart you can pray with me and just just silently to the Lord. Well, I guess you don't have to be silent. You're right there where you're at your home, wherever you are. Just say to him, silently or out loud, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I turn from my ways to your ways. I don't know all that what this means, but I believe you died for me on the cross, in my place, and for my sin. And I receive the eternal life that you have given me because you defeated sin and death. And by your resurrection, that victory was sealed. And I receive you. I receive that eternal life. This Easter is my day to be born again. And I trust and follow you, Jesus. Father, I pray for women and men, young people, have made, prayed that prayer that they... Might share with a friend who maybe invited them electronically to be here. Maybe they'd share with one of us in the chat room or more. But, Father, I pray that you would continue to have burning hearts that recognize the God-shaped hole until they might call out to you in the good news that you have provided for us. Father, you're worthy. We see the world so broken right now. We're ready The things, all things to be renewed. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven but we know that you are worthy so as the resurrection causes christians to look up to look in and to look out lord we take just a moment and we look up knowing that you are worthy of all of our praise in jesus name amen